Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bruce Levine, when you are around the ballparks uh, in this town, you have often seen and interacted with this man, Bruce Miles of the Daily Herald, who joins us right now on 670 The Score. Good morning, Bruce. How are you, my friend? Good morning, gentlemen. I heard you talking about Joe Madden, and if there is... uh... Another city, there's going to be a lot of uh, newspaper reporters and radio and TV reporters salivating because their notebooks will be full and their sound bites will be plentiful. Let's start, let's start with that, Bruce. Uh, Bruce Miles joining us, uh, leaving the uh, Daily Herald beat after 22 years, 31 or 33 years uh, in the business, uh, Bruce. Uh- 31, but uh, that's a couple more years among friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll be leaving tomorrow and then going on to doing freelance work and uh, and moving on. Congrats on your great career at the Daily Herald and all the great work you've done. And, and Bruce, when you look at uh, the Joe Madden era, you brought it up. We are not prepared as um, a media group or fan base to lose the communication skills of a Joe Madden, would a uh, would, would a Dave David Ross be a sufficient replacement in that area? Well, I, sh- I sure think that he'd be uh, uh, very worthy as far as um, talking with the media. I remember when David first got here with the Cubs, I was very surprised to find out how effusive he was and really how much he enjoyed. Uh, working with the media. I remember leaving the the ballpark after 2015, the day after the Cubs went out against the Mets, and I saw David in the the parking lot, and he he stopped by to say thank you, and he goes, I really mean that. He goes, I want to thank the media members because they were fun to work with and they treated us so well. But Joe is in a class by himself, and I've mentioned a couple of times that if you're a beat reporter and you work with Joe Madden, Dusty Baker, and Lou Pinella, man, you got it good because your notebook is full every day, your tape recorder is full every day. Uh, if it were David, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, I'm sure he'd do well in that department. But Joe was uh, Joe was something special in that regard. It's um, it, it's it's our job, Bruce. I think to acknowledge all the good, but also realize that sometimes a timestamp on a relationship happens. We've seen it in this town with different kinds of personalities, be it Ozzie Guillen and and Kenny Williams. You know, like sometimes it just it just seems like a different voice is needed. And I've got to say, and I wonder what your perspective is, that we've seen some complacency from the ball players uh, on that team and in that clubhouse that. I understand the thought process that a different voice and a different energy might get somewhat different results. Do you understand that thought process? Oh, absolutely, Matt. And here's the thing. My first manager that I covered with the Cubs was Jim Riggleman. Not very colorful, but a wonderful gentleman and somebody that I still correspond with and visit with uh, to this day. And he said when he thought he might be fired, he said, you know what? Sometimes they just get tired of you. They get tired of listening to you. They get tired of looking at you. They they, they tune you out. Joe has not lost the clubhouse, 
by any means. But you're right, that maybe a different approach. You know, you line up the thing 20 degrees uh, from a different angle and go at it from there. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, especially in sports and with uh, professional athletes. Uh, you can get into ruts. Uh, you can feel complacent, as you said, about the things you're doing, and sometimes a new push, a new voice, a new approach is needed. I totally get that. And, uh, you know, if we look at the reality of Chicago Cub managers, most of their windows have been four and five years. Uh, you, you take the quaddy part out of it from the Pinella end into the Epstein <laughs> era, and it's all it's all been five years going back to Riggleman, hmm. as you mentioned. Five years for Riggleman, I believe four years uh three was it uh Baylor that uh he went from ninety nine through two thousand and two and then you had four years of Baker you had uh Pinella from two thousand and six until two thousand and eleven and then now we have Joe with a five year so is is that the is that the window is that is that really the the, the maximum window these days for a big league manager unless he's winning multiple World Series. That looks to be the shelf life, uh, as it were. Joe had a pretty good run in Tampa, and, and I don't know if you're going to see the Mike Sosha's of the world uh, anymore, the, the run that he had with the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But, yeah, for various reasons. Uh, and I know that the Cubs thought that this championship window would remain wide open for some time, and, and here's, it's not to say that it's closed given what's happened this year because, you know, it, it could be one of those detour years where they could get right back into the playoffs next year. But, yeah, that seems to be the shelf life these days for better or worse. Bruce, um, as you've watched this team evolve, I think that – and Jed Hoyer has said this directly – they thought some of their offensive players were going to be better than they are. And I think they thought that their guys would learn to make contact a little bit more um, as they kept the slug. Uh, I think they're, they're going to try somehow, some way to change the offense and bring in more contact guys, aren't they? And I, and I think it's time for them to admit some of that truth about their own guys. Oh, absolutely. I remember sitting in the office with uh, or in the interview room with Joe a few years ago, and he would say, during 15 and 16, if you like these guys now, the Baezes and the Bryants and the Rizzos and all these guys, the Schwarbers, wait till you see them in a few years. They're going to be even better. Well, in some cases, that's been true. In other cases, it's really not. They, they seem to have hit their level, and I don't want to say stagnate, but maybe they are what they are at this point. I, I think Schwarbers had a nice last couple of months of the season where he's done that. I, I think the big eye-opener series this year is when the Washington Nationals came into town swept the Cubs, and it was really kind of a fun and refreshing uh, weekend to watch because you saw their approach. Uh, they moved the baseball. There were guys all over the field. They were making contact, and I think that's the the big piece of the puzzle here that's missing. They've got to get that, and whether it means they have to trade one or two of these guys to go out and get one or two equivalent but plus players on that contact side of it, that's what it might take. But, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Bruce Miles of the Daily Herald, wrapping up a tremendous career as a beat reporter for the Chicago Cubs. Joining us in Inside the Clubhouse, he's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here with you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. A little bit different schedule today. We'll be on until 11.30 before our friends Steve Rosenblum and David Schuster take over until 2 o'clock. Bruce, um, staying in that vein... Um, you're in the clubhouse every day. You've covered this team for years. Uh, you've covered the whole Joe Madden era. Frankly, um, 
have these players been spoiled to the point of complacency from the idea that um, they have taken advantage possibly of Joe's laissez-faire uh, attitude about we trust you, we know you're going to do your work, the coaches will check in with you, and uh, we will trust you to get your work done without forcing you to come out and have BP on a daily basis. That's quite possible. I don't know if the, the definitive answer to that is yes, but it's quite possible. Let's remember that these are young people that we're still talking about here, people from their early 20s up into a max with some of these guys of 30, uh, taking a guy like Zobrist out of the equation who is a um, a very disciplined, hard worker, very mature professional. But, yes, these are young people that we're still talking about. And if um, you give them a lot of leeway, a lot of them are going to say, you know, are going to take advantage of it in a way that maybe is not as productive as it can be. Now, the other side of that to me is what happens when you have multiple voices here? You've had three hitting coaches in three years, three pitching coaches in three years. I have to believe that there's some sort of a, um, I don't know if it's a cognitive dissonance, but an unsettling factor there where you have a different voice coming at you every year. And, and maybe one of the two of these coaches would like to do a little bit more mandatory work. But I just, hearing three different voices in three years for young people, I, I have to think it's got to be a little bit startling. I'd be scared stiff if I was a Cub coach. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I, yeah, if managers are insecure in their job security, what are what are coaches, right? I'd be looking at uh, management positions at uh, White Castle, at uh, many other different uh, companies, because of the fact that it's it's so tenuous. And, and uh, you know, again, I applaud Epstein and Hoyer for being uh, relentless in pursuit of excellence. I just don't know if it isn't the players rather than the coaching. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the things that going back in my years where um, when Andy McPhail was the team president and the team was having a down year, and, you know, he threw up his hands in exasperation one day and said, why doesn't anybody ever blame the players? Why is it always the manager and management? And there's something to that because, you know, Joe's writing up the card and uh, I approach you sending the hitters out there with a plan and Tommy Hadovy is sending the pitchers out there with a plan, and it's up to the players to execute. And in in so many cases, even with a winning record, let's not lose sight of that, even with a winning record this year and 95 wins last year, you know, they haven't reached their ultimate goal. And, yes, it's ultimately up to the players to execute. Unfortunately, as we all know the cliche, you're not going to get rid of 25 players, but you may get rid of six, seven, or eight of them. (laughs) But, again, it's the manager who pays the ultimate price. Hey, Hey, Bruce, we all love this game because it's so weird and so hard to figure out. Out, don't we? It's so complex. There are so many different angles to take on it. I think it's why very smart people like Theo or Andrew Friedman or Jeff Lunau or whatever, these guys just, they stay at it because there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, what what are you going to miss about, about thinking about the game and, and covering the game on a daily basis, Bruce? Well, you know what? Uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this. The, the one thing I love about baseball is that you can enjoy it on any level that you like. You can be grandma sitting on the couch in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and you might like a guy because he's cute. Or you can be a stats person who loves to dig into every single stat, spin rate, uh, WRC+, plus, whatever it might be. So you can enjoy baseball on every level. That's one thing I love about it. The other thing is I go to the park every day thinking that I might see something I've never seen before. And and so often I'll look at a media member the next day and say, can you believe that? Can you believe what we saw? Did you ever see anything like that? 
And uh, there was one night in Milwaukee when the Brewers' Gene Segura reached first base. He stole second base. Next play, there's a rundown. Somehow, he ended up back on first base. Shouldn't have happened. But then he was thrown out trying to steal second base. So he was thrown out trying to steal a base he had already stolen. And guess what? It, it crashed the computer. MLB's computer could not handle it. Bruce, That's what I love about baseball. Bruce, uh, and what we love about you is your passion and your great work over the years. Congratulations on a fantastic career. I know you're going to continue to do work around the game that you love so much, and uh, it's been a joy working with you all these years as well, Bruce. And the feeling is mutual with both of you guys. I ain't disappearing, so I shall see you guys at a ball yard or an arena or some such uh, not too far down the road. Thank you, Bruce Miles. Bruce Miles, the Daily Herald. I love that, Bruce Levine. Yeah. <laughs> stealing a base, trying to steal a base he had already <laughs> been to. That is a perfect little uh, baseball memory for Bruce Miles to we share. We have to take a break. We're going to continue to talk about Joe. Also, Rick Hahn talked uh, yesterday, White Sox. We're going to talk to you White Sox fans as well about the future and where the White Sox rebuild stands at 312 644-6767, text at 670-11. Yeah, let's, uh, let's play some of that Rick Hahn when we come back here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We enter this offseason feeling very good about the progress we've made in, in year three of this rebuild. And as you've heard me uh, allude to a few times, I think we've uh, gotten ourselves to uh, the end of the first stage of this rebuild. And we're ready come this offseason and next year to take that next step and, and uh, head deeper down the path towards competitiveness and ultimately winning championships as we get to where the, we want to be. That's Rick Hahn talking about the White Sox and where they stand yesterday. Here's one more little snippet of it, Bruce Levine on Inside the Clubhouse and 670 The Score. Rick talking about areas they'd like to attack this offseason via free agency. I really think we've gotten to the point where we don't really need to quote-unquote sell the team or talk about the future because it's evident to everyone around the league what's coming. I mean, we've heard from, I hear from my peers with other organizations. I know I've heard from players in the clubhouse what uh, their peers have said. Obviously, the coaches talk. Um, there's a lot of positive buzz about where this team is headed. And, I, and you're right, and I was candid last offseason, that when you're talking to some free agents, you, you, last year we were probably a year too soon. Uh, so you had to sort of map, map out what it was going to look like and inf- educate them a little bit about you know, who was coming and how we saw this thing coming together. I think over the course of this year, we saw a lot of it come together before our eyes, and it's fairly easy to project out who's going to be joining us from our system and, and what that's potentially going to look like. So the, the, the excitement's there, not just in our clubhouse, but uh, around the game right now. Uh, Bruce, what do you think they're going to be targeting in free agency? Better players, Matt. Better <laughs> players. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, they, they need a lot more, and, and they, they do have 
some guys that should have and could have spectacular careers, but they have no depth at this point. They have some depth as far as all-star caliber young players, but uh, the, the pitching is uh, certainly needs to be fortified. Left-handed pitching in the rotation, left-handed bat in the lineup. They only have one left-handed bat that they can count on in Mancata. You need more balance in that lineup. That, those are the areas you'll see uh, Han working on uh, in this offseason via trade or free agency. Uh, that that type of depth uh, needs to come up. You know, certainly the hope that Kopech is going to be a part of that rotation. Uh, we got to talk to him the other day via uh, a phone conference, and uh, he is uh, 12 months away, ready to uh, take on his uh, quest to be a part of that rotation in spring training. This is Mike in Park Ridge, wants to talk about the White Sox in 2020. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Hi, how you doing, guys? Great. Um, you know, Bruce, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head there in terms of needing a lot of better players. Um, my question is, um, with the new with the new guys coming up, Robert Madrigal, and we don't know how much of an impact they'll even have in 2020. But what is the future of Yomer Sanchez and Lurie Garcia? They're fine, serviceable players. They're good, you know, guys to have as utility. But you know, day to day, you need an upgrade there. Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Sanchez, who's a very good, serviceable player, uh, is making too much money at around $5 million. And uh, that that is uh, not going to play next year. So uh, either they come up with a long-term deal to in, in, entice him to be a utility player for, you know, two or three years at a, a set price, or he might not be a part of the team going down uh, in the future. And he's been a, an important clubhouse guy crossover guy from all the Latin American players and the uh, the American players, uh, excellent in the clubhouse. But uh, you look at that uh, OPS this year, uh, it's it's been a, a big minus for him, and he's gone backwards offensively. So Madrigal will be there sometime in April, I would hope, maybe early May, and uh, you will see him get uh, the lion's share of the playing time there next year. Join Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show today from 3 o'clock to 5.40 at Emil's Tavern on uh, Center in Grays Lake. Enjoy the broadcast and for a chance to win Bears tickets and watch a live interview with former Chicago Bear Lance Briggs. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Hold true. Uh, Bruce Levine will take a break and do some more on Inside the Clubhouse. We're here for an extra half hour today. You're used to us finishing now. We're not done. Steve Rosenblum, patient enough to wait till 1130. Cub fans, White Sox fans, we'll talk to you. And Bob Nightingale from USA Today, also coming up right here on 670 The Score. I, I cannot be um, more eager for the day than I am right now. Uh, like I said, this year has been... I know we're... I mean, our record's not good and we're not in the playoffs, but I really have had a blast. Uh, the guys that have been around... Um, it's hard to feign that. I really enjoyed this year, and I've enjoyed uh, my, my guys every day. And, and I'll tell you another thing, the young coaching staff. This coaching staff here has got so much potential, and I've had a really good time working with them also. Great time, actually, uh, both on and off the field. That's Joe Madden. You didn't kiss any babies, man. No, not kissing any babies, but uh, very positive. And um, glowing about his time here and working with the different coaches. That man will have options aplenty, won't he, Bruce Levine, if he, indeed he is done? 
he de- indeed will. And uh, the man that we'll be talking to in just a few seconds here, Bob Nightingale, will help us handicap the Joe Madden uh, going elsewhere and who will be the next Chicago Cub manager. Bob Nightingale is indeed with us right now on Inside the Clubhouse on 670. The score, Bruce Levine is in St. Louis. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. We're on until 1130. And here is Bob to talk to us, Bruce. Bob, uh, you, of course, you were uh, with us uh, yesterday here at Bush uh, talking to Joe and checking the scene of seeing not one, not two, not three, but four front office executives from the Chicago Cubs being here in St. Louis this weekend. It's something unprecedented when you see that many people from a front office travel all together. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're doing uh, exit interviews everybody. And I think when they you know tell Joe the news, He's not coming back. I think they all want to, you know, be in the same room together. Yeah, one to uh, hold him down, you know, three to hold him down, and one to tell him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody in the world has known this is coming. I mean, it, you know, when the whispers about this last summer, you know, that the Cubs were talking about a change, everything else, you know, and once they said, hey, we're not talking contract extension, we're making a lame duck, you know, everybody in the, in the industry know that, you know, man is not coming back unless they won the World Series. So uh, I, don't, I don't think it's collapsed has anything to do with anything. It just, you know, may, maybe made it stronger PR-wise that this is why we're making a change. Yeah, if anything, it's, it's allowed them clarity. But um, what, has, what has happened here? What has happened here in terms of the relationship? Uh, how long ago did it, did it start? And, um, or is it just the idea of a new voice and they think it's time? a new voice, but, you know, you know last year you know, rumors or rumblings everywhere where the Cubs front office was dissatisfied, you know, with Joe, that they wanted to make a change. I think if some team had come out, you know, say the Dodgers didn't re-sign Dave Roberts or something like that, but if some team had come out and wanted to talk to Joe, you know, they would have said, yeah, you know, feel free. Uh, feel free to interview. I just think, you know, hey, he was, he was good for what they wanted to do. Now it's time for a new voice. And a lot of people will say, you know, a manager's shelf life should be only about five five years or so because they always want to hear, uh, you know, so, someone new in there, someone to uh, inspire, you know, in the words of uh, Theo. You know, obviously this team looked un, uninspired. Uh, you know, hey, they have they have more talent than the Cardinals and the Brewers and everything else. So, you know, it's, one, you know, it's an achieving season. Yeah. You know, they- well, before all, well before the injuries. Bob uh, Nightingale, USA Today, joining Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine and Inside the Clubhouse. And that inspiration should come from within, Bob. We're not talking about high school students. We're not talking about college uh, athletes. We're talking about professional players that have gone to the playoffs four years in a row up until this year, won a World Series. Uh, Complacency sits in, and I don't know if the uh, Newt Rockney speeches and things like that really change it, but... Uh, we are going to see a difference. And you tweeted it uh, on your account uh, at Bob Nightingale uh, this week that, uh, or last week, that um, indeed David Ross will be named the Cub manager before Thanksgiving. Uh, your intel on that, and uh, how 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 strong do you feel that will happen? Yeah, I just think he's. Yeah, I think the way too was he. I'd be surprised, and he'd be the uh, you know the biggest surprise would be if he's not the manager. Uh, I think they love what he, he brings, the energy. Uh, even the Cubs players will tell you the clubhouse hasn't been the same since he retired. So obviously a lot of trust uh, with him. He was the guy who went down to see Kimbrel. You know, it wasn't anybody else uh, in, in signing off on it. Just th- things, a lot of responsibility. 
So I don't I don't rule out Mark Loretta. Uh, they think he's done an outstanding job. You know, great mind and everything else. Uh, you know, the nice thing about Loretta is he wasn't teammates with these guys, and that's a one the one problem with, with with Ross is that you know can he really jump on some of these guys who he used to hang out with and be teammates with? So I don't see anybody else. I really don't. Yeah, uh, interestingly, you know. interestingly enough, uh, Bob and Matt. I believe there's only going to be seven or eight left going into next season uh, from the world championship team. So his cachet is strong among that group, and they're an important group. But uh, there, there's a lot of new people that he'll have to deal with. Yeah, that, that's good for him. I remember talking to Alex uh, Avila about that. I mean, he was teammates with Brad Osmus. All of a sudden, Osmus is her manager. So he says that, you know, that could be rough. Uh and, you know, kind of a, a, a gray line there as far as, hey, is, is your buddy, is your boss, you know, that sort of thing. So I think the more new faces, the better for a guy like Dave Ross. Yeah, you, you know, the energy that he brings and the accountability that he brings, I think people uh, mistakenly think of him, Bob, as as a guy who's all, you know, giggles and having some fun and wacky energy. He used to get in those guys' faces, and everywhere he's been, he would challenge people to be their best and to be accountable, to be prepared. And he did that with kind of an inherent likability. And that's that's difficult to find, and that's why they've been looking for it since he left, and I think that's what they want out of a manager now. Yeah, I agree. You know, one thing you heard last year all the time was Mark DeRosa. But I don't mm-hmm. hear his name nearly as strong as, I, uh, as you know, now. Uh, you know, for whatever reason. But DeRosa was a hot ticket a year ago. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that he'd be the manager. He was actually asked to be the bench coach uh, before they uh, talked to Loretta, and he declined and kept his very uh, high profile with the MLB network. So, uh, you know, and, and that's my question to both you and Matt, Bob, is um, with the profile that – that uh, Ross has with the Cubs already a good job as an advisor and as somebody that watch uh, does a lot of other little things with the team and a high profile with the ESPN doing games during the season. Would he have to think twice about taking a manager's job following a successful manager like Joe Madden into the, that mix, knowing that uh, this might not be the golden age of Chicago Cub baseball that he's stepping into? Well, I think he'd be fired up as far as getting the Cubs back in the map. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, last year they made the playoffs, but does it really count? I mean, you, you know, one game out in the wild card. So, you know, really, unless you make the division series, it's not like you even made the playoffs. So I think it's coming a good time because this is teams, this team wants to win. Uh, you know, he's got a great relationship with, with everybody, the media, the fans, and you know, all that, the, the front office. So, you know, I think if he's ever going to do it, you know, now's the time. If he doesn't do it now, you know, who knows if he gets that chance. You know, we know he lives down uh, down south. You know, you know, Snickers aren't going to be with the Braves. But his best chance to be a manager is with the Cubs. And you got to take the opportunity when you can. You know, it, it's interesting. And, and the model is, is out there, be it uh, Alex Cora or Aaron Boone or now Rocco Baldelli, who just won 100 games in his first year, a fairly recent player with a magnetic personality who is uh, an extension of the front office, uh, but relatable to, uh, to, to some MLB guys. This is, this is the model now, and it sure costs a lot less than uh, celebrities like Joe, right? 
Oh yeah, I mean you you would sign Ross to uh, you know probably under a million dollars, you know eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. Yeah, that's going going right, I and mean, that's what Boone and Cora got. Uh, you know, same with Valdelli. So you're right, and you know at least David's been in the front office uh, the last couple of years. With a guy like Aaron Boone, you know, no front office experience, no coaching experience whatsoever, and the fact that he's been successful and like you said, Cora and Valdelli, you know. It makes it a lot easier for the for the Cubs to do this. Bob, in closing with you, Matt and I appreciate your time. Keep up the great work. Um, uh, quickly, handicap how many teams you think would consider relieving themselves of their manager that's sitting right now, and a few of them will lose their job as of Monday or Tuesday next week. How many of them would consider, with Joe Madden on the free agent market as a manager, would teams like New York and Philadelphia – uh, be in the mix, uh, even if they're sitting on a manager that uh, has a job. Well, I, I think too. I mean, I, I think the Mets. I think Mickey Callaway, you know, will be gone as quickly as Joe is in Chicago. I think that's a great fit. I think that's where Madden ends up is with the Mets. Mm. Uh, you know, very good team, and they uh, they're ready to win right now. <clears throat> so I like him with Mets. I'm not sure Philadelphia is opening him up. Uh, the GM there, Matt Clentax, has been very. Uh, outspoken how he wants to keep Kapler, so they have to go over his head. You know, which they could. And the other thing is, you know, San Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, an opening there. Uh, Joe works well with young players. It's a situation, though, that you know, you're not going to be ready to contend for a couple more years. And you're in the same division with the Dodgers. So I think the Mets is a, a much better opportunity. Uh, those two open for sure. Uh, you know, Seattle may open with Scott Service, but, you know, they're, they're years away from contending. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh remains to be seen with Clint Hurdle uh, what happens. I, I like Joe to go to the Mets. I think it's a great fit. And and not not Anaheim where Artie Moreno loves him and uh, and Joe's obviously got deep, deep roots there. You think are they gonna stick with Brad Osmus? Yeah, they'll stick with Osmus, yeah. I'm not sure uh, you know where that came from. I'm not sure the front office has the same view as uh, uh about Joe as other people. There's some connections there. I don't I have never heard that the Angels had any interest in, in, in Joe, none whatsoever. Hmm. So, I mean, I think if they ever fired Osmonds, they would turn in, in a higher Eric Chavez. And uh, uh, I imagine yeah, nobody else. I imagine, Bob, that uh, San Francisco is not going to replace a $6 million manager with another $6 million manager with Bruce Bochy leaving. They're also probably going young and more metrics uh, in their next manager choice as well. Yeah, and someone that Farhan Zaidi knows. So, you know, whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, a Josh Bard type thing, even Kapler, he got fired, you know, like you see Kapler there. But you're right. Yeah, Joe doesn't fit in San Francisco. Bob, and, you know, and, and Joe wants to win right now, too. The Giants aren't close to winning. Bob, uh, thanks for taking some time out. We'll see you out at the ballpark today. Bush should be an interesting couple of days to see how the Cubs handle this with Joe, and Joe handles it with the Cubs. Uh, we'll see you down the line. Keep up the great work. Thanks for joining us today. Sure, my pleasure. All right. Take care, guys. That's Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Tomorrow, um, perhaps the marquee game, depending on how things go, and certainly the marquee emotional game, is Bruce Bochy's final game in San Francisco, hosting the Dodgers with Madison Bumgarner on the mound. That's pretty cool. It's a couple of final farewells. Uh, We're talking about a lot of farewells, including Joe Madden leaving the Cubs after tomorrow, how they will handle it. Will it be done uh, tomorrow after the game? Will be will we be in for a long night of uh, writing and talking about uh, Joe, or will he be uh, let go at three o'clock um, 
tomorrow, right as the bear game begins. Um, you know, that would be, that would be an interesting uh, confluence of things happening at the same time. Yeah, uh, a Bears Monday here on the score that coincides with a Joe Madden departure We're sure would be an interesting radio day. That's, uh, that's for sure. Um, one more segment to go for you and me, Bruce. Um, so we'll take a break and come back and then wrap it up and hand things over to Steve Rosenblum and David Schuster right here on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse and 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Bruce Levine is in St. Louis. Bruce, uh, the Brewers and the Cardinals still battling for the Central. The Cardinals a game up. Adam Wainwright today for the Cards. How about 5-0 and with a 1.69 ERA in September for Adam Wainwright? Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty amazing numbers. You know, let, let's look at those Cardinal numbers. Uh, you know, during uh, this this meltdown by the Cubs. Uh, it's just been uh, since August 8th, okay? Mm-hmm. The uh, the Cubs were three and a half games up at that time. Uh, since then, since August 9th, the Cubs are 19 and 24. St. Louis is 32 and 14. Brewers, 28 and 14. Uh, pretty amazing runs. Uh, the best teams won out. You know, Cub fans, you have to look at the reality that it wasn't just your team failing here. Those two teams stood tall and played great baseball here. And the worst part, Matt, 36 and 38 in Central Division play mm. for your Chicago Cubs, 11 and 25 on the road in those such games. That is the essence of this season. If you cannot win in your own division, and they had losing records against the Cardinals, against the Brewers, and against the Cincinnati Reds in division play. Oh, um, yeah, that's good stuff. It tells you a lot. It, it does. Tells you a lot. Since the 14th of May, the Cubs are 58 and 64. Mm-hmm. That's you know, too good. No, it's uh, it's it's what they are. the 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 reality of what they are is is undeniable. Right. right. So. We'll give you a couple more stats, and that is one run games 19 and 27. That is not the sign of a team that's playing good baseball. Mm-hmm. Two-run games, 9 and 18. So close games, one or two runs, 28 and 45. Extra innings, 4 and 9. It tells you a team cannot produce runs without the home runs. It tells you about a team that's had difficulty with a bullpen that's blown 28 saves. Uh, Bruce, it came out uh, yesterday that John Henry, the Red Sox owner, says that he wants the Red Sox to get under the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax for this coming year. They have a couple guys who are going to be free agents after this year in Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Mm -hmm. Is the conversation, is there a starting point for a conversation about two years of Chris Bryant for one year of Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Well, the, the Boston Red Sox have uh, arguably the best young third baseman in baseball. You're in Rafael Devers, I know, right. but but Brian could play right or or left, could, and you move Andrew I mean, Benintendi. I, I mean, why would you do either team be lateral in the fact that? Uh, Brian has two years left, and Betts has two years left. Because uh, it's a, because I don't think the Red Sox are going to resign uh, Mookie. I don't, I, and if and if they're not, then they need to do something well, with him. Why would this they coming resign Bryant instead? Well, you've got an extra year to buy yourself on it and to have your money free up because that's the issue. Both is that, have two years left. No, Mookie's got one year. Oh, okay. so, so Mookie's got one year, and Jackie Bradley has one year. So it, it extends the window for which the, uh, the the Red Sox can 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 wait to to yeah. throw a lot of money you know, at somebody again. Uh, trading two years of Bryant for one year of 
That's uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's why I'm throwing in Bradley because the center field defense. But it's it's interesting. Just a starting point. It's kind of creativity. Look, Matt, your premise is a real good one. If you feel you're the Cubs and that your window is closing and that you're going to be doing a rebuild after 2021 Mm -hmm. and the time to win is now to make these uh, stealth moves that are kind of outside of the box, I like your idea uh, from from that perspective. It changes the entire mix. It gives them great outfield defense. It gives them an MVP candidate who can lead off and play center field or the other field. I mean, I I think it's a very creative trade that you bring up, and it's one that uh, I don't think there's any area that the Cubs don't uh, look at and broach uh, going forward right now because they want to accomplish winning, but they know that the farm system has to be replenished. Yeah, and so it's just a starting point to think about, and obviously other contracts and cheap players might have to be thrown in uh, by the Cubs to make that kind of thing work. Let's uh, squeeze in one, one more phone call. This is Malik in Hyde Park who's on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Good morning. I tell you what, um, I'm kind of – I'm a Sox fan, but I really like watching those Cubs and what Theo did. I really respect what he does. I'm thinking if he starts stripping down the team now, they got a good chance to have a World Series team in four, three, four years. I just think they're going to come up short. And it's best now, what could you get for Bias? What could you get for Bryant? What could you get for Contreras? You'd get so many, so much young talent that I think, you know, I think in four years you could have another four-year window. Right. Instead of keep coming up short now, I think you should start now and strip it down. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a good call. It's interesting. You know, Matt, um, they have a television network to uh, support and sell coming up in February. And uh, having a marquee players for the marquee network, uh, that's going to be uh, very important as they move forward. I heard what you did there, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's all right. I, I appreciated the effort. Um, no, I, I think there's two years left on Theo's deal. And he's the one who put 10 years out there in the Bill Walsh model when he took this job in the first place. So I can't I do not think they're going to step backwards to be uh, healthier once Theo is gone. Well, uh, you know, Senator from Massachusetts, um, Theo Epstein, um, that would not be a shocking move after 2021. Matt, we have people to thank, including Bob Nightingale, Bob Vorwald, Bruce Miles, all great contributors today. Nobody better than Zach Withers, who did a fantastic, fabulous, unbelievable job of getting us on the air, keeping us on the air, and doing a great job on our show. Thanks to you, Matt. We also, uh, people should also know that you, they can follow me on Twitter, MLB Bruce Levine, on our website, 670thescore.com where I uh, continue to write White Sox and Cubs. Matt and I will continue to do baseball on this show next Saturday, even if the Chicago season has ended. And tomorrow morning, hit and run for one final time, 9 to 12 here on 670, the score to talk some baseball. Thanks, Bruce. Enjoy the ball game today. Take care, Matt. All right. Steve Rosenblum and David Schuster are next right here on 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.